Welcome back, everybody. This is the All Things Sports Podcast, Episode 7. I'm your host, Julian, and I'm with my co-host, Danny. What's up? And, um, damn. That's what I want to say, damn. We're yeah. the Kendrick. Yeah, damn. Um, you know, fun. it's going to be a fun one, because I know a bunch of stuff's been happening, and, um, you know, all over the sports world, from NBA, NFL, college football, now college basketball, um, Donald Trump, um, Puerto Rico, you know, just this last week has been Young Dolph, Young Dolph, the Colt, yeah, man. It's been a, it's been a busy week, as always. But this one seems to be a little bit busier. Um, just every everything that could have possibly happened. Feel like this weekend happened this weekend. I, yeah, I feel like the NBA, like is the NBA like off season has been like that that person that just don't go away. You know, like. But like we can't get enough. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been amazing. Exactly. I'm not gonna say like an X or something because I I don't relate. But <laughs> I guess what they tweet about that, or when they tweet about that, that's what they mean. But NFL, you know, it's been almost a month. It's about to be a month. Right. With week four approaching, Green Bay is putting a bailout on the Bears right yeah. now. Fuck the Bears. <laughs> Sorry, Dion, if you heard that. Sorry, I'm sorry. Nah, but yeah, you know how it trash. is. Um, uh, t- speaking of which, Montgomery just broke his ribs. Yeah, he just broke a couple ribs. We saw him on the sideline. Bro, they. Devontae Adams just got his head cracked. He just got sent to the Danny hospital. Danny Trevathan just put a 15 yard penalty they on said, him. Um, they said he has feeling. He's conscious. They said he, have, he has feeling in all of his extremities. That's good. Uh, but these, they took him to the hospital to uh, further evaluate him. But yeah, you saw me. Well, we're but, here at, at my place. I got the game on the TV. You you saw yeah. how mad I was when I, I'm still mad about that shit. That that was a dirty ass hit. So now with Devontae Adams out, you're starting running back out. Your second string running back out. I believe you guys have your rookie third string running backs playing right now. Aaron Jones from UTEP. And yeah, rookie. who's that? But showtime. Anyway, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, what I'm trying to say is. The way Minnesota's been playing with that Dalvin Cook run game, with that Stephon Diggs, and mind you, Case Keenum is starting. You know what I mean? Sam Bradford's not even in right now. And what we saw what Sam Bradford did week one, Stephon Diggs, two touchdowns, 100-yard dealing, two, um, over 100 yards, like nine catches or something like that. Case Keenum comes in confident. Dalvin Cook keeps running the ball over 100 yards in two of his games. He had like 80 yards rushing the neck the other game. So the NFC North is going to be... Looking like a problem right yeah, now. Yeah, and then Detroit. That Detroit game. Detroit almost beat Atlanta. Yeah. So it's... it's And that was literally... They were, they were, half, was like they were a, half a yard away from beating nah, Atlanta. That's crazy. For, no, they were like half a, like an inch. <laughs> it was like an inch away from beating them. That's crazy. So... Really, the I think the NFC North is up for grabs between those top three. I don't know if Chicago is really there yet, but I mean they've had a couple close yeah, games no. with some good teams. They did just beat the yeah. Steelers in overtime, but honestly, it's the shit. It might be up for grabs. I think I just, you got to give Trubisky a chance if something doesn't give. Because okay, I understand it's Green Bay. Well, we did just score again, so now it's thirty-five to seven. So I think this might be the time you throw. Yeah, you throw Mitch in there. Well, Mitch the glitch, or just. <laughs> <laughs> or just start him in week five. Like, Glennon's not getting it done. Seven points? Nah. Bro, I, I saw the Bears receivers last week against Pittsburgh had one reception. That's crazy. I remember they're, last they're, year they They're playing the old school football. They're just keeping the ball on the ground. I think and, they I mean, the it's working for them. 
between Tariq Cohen and Jordan yeah, Howard, yeah. the the two of them, they, they look great. They're both 22 years old. That's like uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Yeah. Like the like duo. A, yeah. So that's that's that. And, um, you know, moving on with, with football, I wanted to get into like a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of fantasy football. I know you you were talking about your squad today, and you got Aaron Rodgers. And you want him to keep throwing. I mean, you got thirty five points. So, well, I, I know he's got he's probably, he got score, four. Right? Um, I want to say my phone's dead. I want to say Rodgers has four touchdowns right now, which would be great, by the way, for me. Um, being as Devontae's out, yeah, he does. He does. One hundred twenty eight um, passer rating. But Devontae's out. One hundred eighty yards. Not what did the Packers do for kneeling or standing or oh they stood they stood arm in arm. <laughs> I was watching Jesus. That's some bullshit. I was watching Jesus and Mero, <laughs> and Mero was like, Mero was like, yeah, you know all these all these niggas was, was standing arm in arm. What y'all playing Red Rover? Fuck out of here! Like fuck out of here. <laughs> I think it's a cop out. Yeah, it's like the easy. The I think easy way you do, do that. Things. Come on, it's the easy way out. Like you're scared to and really I'm, I'm, send the message. I'm the glad full that way. we started talking about this because I was watching an interview. Um, I, I have Directv at home, and I didn't know that I had like the Washington Sports Channel, like mm-hmm. Washington CNBC or Sports NBC or whatever. And they were showing Redskins Nation, and then I guess I started watching that, and then I started watching the. The Wizards, like they had some Wizards program on or whatever. So John Wall is getting interviewed by one of the team guys, and he says, you know, he was basically, "What's your stand on this NFL thing?" And he said that, you know, until you know, you remember when Donald Sterling with yeah. the NBA, that whole story happened. So what had to happen? LeBron James, Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Melo, uh, might have been somebody else. They went up to the SBs and they had yeah. their, you know, they did that that. I don't know what you call it, but they stood up for themselves and, you know, they put their foot down, basically. And the NBA has been positive from there, I can say. And the NFL, on the other hand, hasn't. But what John Wall mentioned, reason I brought this whole thing up is because John Wall was speaking to the interviewer and John Wall said it's up to the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady of football to stand up not in that sense, but, you know, take a stance right. and, and let or voice their opinion. You know what I'm saying? Voice their truth opinion to where the rest of the league will look at them and, and they can view that. At, you know, they can follow that because Aaron, if Aaron Rodgers is doing this for the NFL or if Tom Brady's doing this for the NFL, the quarterback position is, is you know, the lead position. It's right. the face, the franchise player. You have a Dwayne Wade. You have a Chris Paul. You have a LeBron James. These are franchise guys publicly taking a stand for something that they believe in. Mind you, they're all African-American, but right. if that doesn't matter, like we say, doesn't matter where Aaron Rodgers is from, doesn't matter where Brady's is from, um, you know, you guys got to stand up. And, and, and I haven't heard Brady come out and say something like publicly, like, you know, this has to stop. I believe, I think this. And I may be rambling, but it's just truth. He, you know what I mean? He did say, and um, I... Obviously, Rodgers is my quarterback, and I do appreciate how vocal he's been about the whole Kaepernick situation and even, um, I guess, being the the leader from what we know in the Packers locker room regarding um, these, like, the anthem protest. It's right. not 
it's not a protest of the anthem, but that's what they're calling it. So I'll say that uh, in short. But before I elaborate on it, I, I want to say because I, I did see that that John Wall interview mm-hmm. where he mentioned like he he feels like nothing will get done until the the white players who are the face of the NFL right. in Rodgers, Brady, you could say JJ Watt, those guys, yeah. um, that nothing will get done until players like that acknowledge it and speak up and it i find it so sad that it's not enough that hundreds of black players are coming out like you, you know need, you need you need a white person to validate these things for you that's the sad in point. order to maybe start thinking differently about like, it like um, asking for notary, like notaries, right. <laughs> like you must go see Tom Brady, you must go see Aaron Rodgers, and bring this back to me, signed by them. You know, like oh, all these black players are are uh, protesting this. Nah. Oh, nah, it's bullshit. Nah. But then the but then one white dude, white guy. Wait, what? White guy locking arms and kneeling. What's his name? Uh, Andrews. Uh, oh, all right. Oh, never mind. I just I think it's sad. Like when I Jerry Jones, what the Cowboys did was smart. What the Cowboys did was, you know, I guess everybody has their opinion. You know, some people look at it as disrespecting the military. Some people look at it as disrespecting the flag. Some people look at it as freedom of speech. Some people look at it as what the hell are you doing? Some people look at it as, um, you know, looking for just or protesting for justice. Every, it's funny. I saw plies. Did a video about this. Plies, Plies of all Plies people. Of Plies. All, yeah, of all Plies people. keeps all right. it real, though. What he said. He what said he that you know, there's gonna be people that want to kneel for the protest for the for the anthem, and there's gonna be people who don't want to kneel. There's gonna be people who, be people who think it's respectful, and there's gonna be people who think it's not respectful, but it's not disrespectful, and there's right. gonna be people who think it is disrespectful. So if you're one of those people who think out of all those opinions, one of those, you can't be mad at someone else just having another opinion. Right. Like, whether you disagree with it or not, leave it as not your business, you know? Like, or, or if, if it's not your business and you're going to respond, just have an understanding, understanding that they're not you and they don't have to believe the same things you do. They don't have right. to feel the same. Like, we're all huge. Like, so I was like, you know, that's a good point. And obviously that's the most like common sense point, I guess, but it's true. And I haven't actually heard it from anybody. So I sat and thought about it. I was like, oh, true. I mean, I do want to say, I know obviously since Trump um, made these comments because he wants to uh, distract us from talking about Puerto Rico or his new tax reforms right. or trying to pass his health care reform for the past, like the next, I don't know how many times this motherfucker's, he's going to, the year's going to be 3,017 and he's still going to be trying to pass this shit. Um, but it was never about the flag, the anthem or the military. Um, you know, we remember that the date in the pre last year's preseason, late August when Kaepernick originally started this, right? He was he was protesting to bring awareness to the fact that this country does not take care of its veterans. They have inadequate health care. Basically summed up, we don't give a shit about our veterans unless we use them as a political pawn to um, 
they they use these people use the veterans at the expense of someone right, else right, when right, a, right. when a different group is hurting like the black community is mm-hmm. right now and i don't think these people even really uh, it's pretty obvious that they don't but i don't think they actually support the physical flesh and blood of in quotes the troops but they support this ideal abstraction quote unquote the troops which i think represents american power Hmm. when they when they say the troops they mean the power of america and honestly i don't think the kneeling should have ever been about trump i don't know that he's trump wasn't even a president when it he wasn't a pre- he wasn't a president when it he started. wasn't even thought of when it started but it, it never should have been about trump in the first place the fact that it was so easy for him to make it about him it, it's, everything's it's about baffling him. me and i think the sooner we ignore his sh- shitty behavior in regards to this the sooner we can get back to the actual issue that the kneeling is about which is police racism and brutality i think trump has been a very useful idiot in bringing attention and support to issues like this but we have to remember the real enemy here and that's this racist policying and the justice system and it all the players that are protesting right now they're they're being they're being shit talked and beaten down yeah. by all these so-called fans of the NFL and these are the same people who are defending Nazis they're defending the Ku Klux Klan and other white supremacists chanting Nazi slogans and other bullshit like that the 14 words the Jews will not replace us and the, they don't see the the irony the hypocrisy in supporting the free speech of of these people marching down our streets here in america that's racism holding confederate flags and let me remind you the confederacy that flag is a nation of traitors who rebelled against our country in the 1860s to preserve their right to own african americans that's what they're african americans now 11th grade was all about yeah and not to mention um the Nazi flag, which, of course, is one of the most genocidal regimes in the history yep. of modern civilization, I'd say. So it's it, it, it really pisses me off. It's just yeah. it's, it, there's so much hypocrisy and it it it's like it's killing me. I, wish it, I had an ad lib. That's a fact. <laughs> like Cat Williams, like that's a motherfucking fact. <laughs> Every single opportunity that Trump has to do something right. He he go he goes and does the exact opposite. You, like with Puerto Rico, for example, Bruh, you have three and a half million American citizens. These people are American citizens. You're Puerto Rican. You know this. Yep. And he's busy on Twitter provoking racial hatred towards NFL players who are protesting violence against the people of color who don't have a voice. Right, and it's just sad that. You know, this this bum. <laughs> we could just refer to him as your bum, <laughs> bum. You um, bum. Word to LeBron, cause you know best player in the NBA. But anyway, he has time to be on Twitter talking about you know, oh the NFL players or SOBs. Well, he didn't say that on Twitter. He said that <laughs> at a rally in Alabama, and, of all places. <laughs> but on Twitter, he's saying you know how he believes. It's wrong. You should be fired. All this. We've seen it all all week. And, you know, he comes on Twitter. And the first thing that he wants to say about Puerto Rico, the first thing, you know, he comes on Twitter to say is that 
Texas and Florida are doing great, but Puerto Rico was already suffering from a broken infrastructure, massive debt, and is in deep trouble. Uh, its old electrical grid, which was in terrible shape, was devastated. Most of the island, much of the island, excuse me, was destroyed with billions of dollars owed to Wall Street and the banks, which sadly must be dealt with. Food, water, and medical are top priorities and doing well. Hashtag FEMA. How do you fuck that up? Damn, Donald. You had one... Ju- Shit. How do you... You remember that song? These are his people. As painful uh, as, as Americans, it is to say. As Americans. Those as are his Americans, people. As Americans. He's letting them down. He's looking at them right in the face. And, and like... Like, you know, you just get that look like... Mm-mm. Like, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Like, I feel like... He said they couldn't get to him because Puerto Rico's in the middle of the ocean. Bro, you know we have planes and boats and helicopters. So, like, Donald Trump looks is looking at Puerto Rico like how 80% of Americans look at panhandling homeless people. It's a shame. And, you know, I'm one of those 80% of people, you know, we judge. It's not even of judgment. It's because I don't judge a panhandling you know, homeless person, but I do in my head, everybody, you know, everybody has their own thoughts. And in my head, I'm, you know, do you have the ability to work? Shouldn't you have a job? Is it possible? You know, I don't know your situation, but you have the time to be out here. You should have the time, you know, I, or, or damn, you know, you look like you, you need it. You know, it's hard to believe some of them, but Hey, you're going to give, you can't give to everybody, mm. but you know, 90% of the people, you don't open the window at every window, especially around here. I mean, they're, Unfortunately, on a lot of the corners, so every I don't have for every red light. Yeah. But he's looking at him like, you know, sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. And it's like, you're not the governor of a state of the United States. You're not like part of the senate or any nigga you're the president you're like you're the president of the united states if barack obama would ever say something like what he said on twitter about you know nfl and if he would have called nascar racers sobs what have you it's like the world would have erupted the world erupted before obama was elected as president the world wanted to the white supremacist world wanted to hang Obama. They used to send pictures of threats and, you know, all this mess. And it's like, these mind my, you, I haven't heard all these threats on President Trump. You know what I'm saying? I haven't really seen threats. And obviously they've mocked him on social media and made that statue that, you know, that funny mm-hmm. statue, the naked one or whatever. But nothing compared to how when it was Barack Obama in office. And the crazier part is Barack Obama is such a... An intelligent, genuine man, like cares for his people, cares for all people like they're his people, willing to help, would come out as soon as something needed to be spoke about, had his 30 minute speech. You know what I'm saying? And and full of valuable information and wisdom. Like I, I remember in eighth grade, I had to listen to one of his speeches and write notes about it or whatever. Right. right. And my, mind you, my teacher was a black lady. She was, you know, she was one of those um, feminine black power, which is good. You know what I'm right. saying? No, no, 
no nothing wrong with that. So it I appreciated it because if I would have had maybe an old white man as a teacher or an older white lady, I might not have ever sat down and listened to Obama, you know, and had to write right. notes about right. him. They, they and I didn't understand influence you in eighth grade. Right. I didn't understand how intelligent Barack Obama was and how valuable everything he used to say was. Um, now, to stay on topic, Donald Trump would never have a homework assignment about him in an intellectual way no. to make a student better. I don't. I believe that no teacher would ever tell you go sit down and listen to Donald Trump's speech tonight, and <laughs> <laughs> because because half the class is not going to turn to working, and you'll have all these Hispanic and Black mama and daddies calling the school and the teachers telling them don't bring this homework bullshit to my to my house. I'm like, white. I'm not <laughs> doing that fucking assignment. Get the fuck out of here. Yo, are you serious? So that just goes to show you, man, as a person, you know, it is heartbreaking because, you know, I actually my cousin sent me pictures of my aunt's house in Puerto Rico yesterday. I'm watching Def Comedy Jam, bro, laughing my damn tail off, laughing my tail off. And I, I see these pictures out of nowhere. Like he didn't warn me or nothing. He just like, yo, look at Titi's house. Like, Bro, I saw that and my I just shook and I started like tearing. I'm like, yo, like I I go to Puerto Rico. I, I grew up in this house. You know what I mean? Like, my mom grew up in that house. My cousin that sent me the pictures grew up in that house too because he was born in that city and his dad is it's it's my second cousin. So his dad is my first cousin and his dad lived with his mom at the time and that's my my aunt's house. Right. So you know what I'm saying? So. It's crazy, bro, and and to see you know the house destroyed the way it is, like knowing that I was just there a month and a half ago, enjoying beautiful weather. Um, I got to see all my family, and now I like I see that my family is going through this tragedy, like literal tragedy. It's not even like you know, oh well, over here is cool, and like over there is like, eh. like you can drive for an hour, and you're gonna you're gonna feel like you're trapped. I I imagine. So I mean, I. Pray for the people of Puerto Rico that are living there right now. For everybody in America that has family in Puerto Rico that one either can't get in contact with them, doesn't know their whereabouts, or even can get in contact with them. And, you know, it just, they're, you're helpless because right now there's not much to do. You can't really send stuff. Right. The president's not helping. Um, you we have, have these we have, artists. We have private citizens doing more <laughs> we have for Puerto Rico than, than all the country. And athletes sending, you know, private planes and all this. You see, Mark Cuban, yeah, for JJ Barea, his Pitbull. family, and they they were shipping out supplies over there. The mayor of Miami, Pitbull did it. He Pitbull sent his private jet for cancer patients, like to, to stick and up. And we them have over here. Air Force One that hasn't even touched land in Puerto Rico. They said, Con- they said Congress is going to like vote on sending shit in like the middle of October. Like, I wonder like, if Donald what the Trump fuck is that going to do. I wonder if Donald Trump goes to Puerto Rico. Does Melania go with him? Nah, she don't want to mess up her heels. Right? Get the fuck out of here. It's sad. Am I, are we talking too much on the radio? Are we not going to get plays? Are they going to try to shut this down? I hope not. No, nah, they're not. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's like they it's like they they see Puerto Rico as an island in the Caribbean. So maybe they, they, it's like they look at these islands in the Caribbean, like the people who live there, and they're like not, they're not people. They aren't, they're less than, and they're less than people not, because I don't want to not, not mention the Virgin Islands. I don't have family there, but I know 
Um, I do have friends with family from the Virgin Islands, um, so I pray for them as well. I hope all of their family, what I just said about Puerto Rico and, you know, how everybody's family hope they're all well and getting contact and, you know, coping with it. It's really a thing of coping with this because there's no getting away from it right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I hope they're coping with it as best as possible. It's, it's probably insanely hot, insanely humid. It's probably raining some of these days. There's no I water. The streets are you still know what so I mean? flooded. It's, it's so... And even it's even if you're not part of the United States, it doesn't. It's, it's bigger than that, man. It's it's the hurricane came through and did some damage. Both of these hurricanes that came through did some damage. So the worst of it, honestly, you know, Puerto Rico did see the worst of it, and um, we're just gonna have to figure out how we can it's go about it. It's a shame helping. that we have the power, we have the resources, we have the everything, and we don't. <clears throat> we don't. This motherfucker in the office doesn't. Use it, but when Puerto Rico owes him money, he's accepting American U.S. currency, right? And I also read that one of Trump's failed golf courses in Puerto Rico um, left him with a thirty-three million dollar debt to Puerto Rico. So looks like he's in debt too. But I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, we're gonna get onto a little lighter topic. We got it. We got a little deep there, but I mean, it's you know it has to be said. So. We want to move on to the questions. I want to, well, I want to move on to the questions. I got kind of excited. Um, we did get a lot of questions. I know that. And we still got to talk about this D-Wade shit. We got to exactly. talk about Mello. But that's what the people want to hear. The people right. want to hear, right. you know, they want to hear about the Cavs. They want to hear, excuse me, they want to hear about the Cavs. They want to hear about, you know, the, I mean, we spoke on the national anthem. I know that we got a comment um, wanting to hear about the national anthem, I guess. I hope that was enough, right. you know. To, uh, to salut- salutary vibes on Instagram. That's my boy we did Leland. see your question, and we were already planning on talking about it, so we hope um, we hope we were able to um, elaborate on it. They want to hear about Wade. They want to hear about Melo. They want to hear about the playoff picture right. that has never even been uh, thought of yet because the NBA season didn't start. This shit is so it's, superstars are still getting traded around, and the season starts in a couple weeks. I don't even want to say who's going to the playoffs. I feel like there's going to be like 17 more trades before the end of the season. Right. I think Coach Boster was saying that there was like 105 players on new teams this offseason, bro. Damn. Numbers. So um, let's get right into that. Um, first question we had from Jay. From Jay. He wants, you know, he wants to hear our opinions on the Cavs. I guess the Cavs specifically, and uh, just the overall upcoming NBA season. Okay, their um, their season. I guess the NBA season as a whole. How okay. we feel about the entirety of the NBA. Okay. And I'm going to start off by saying, um, I know you want to hear about the Cavs. I think on I I think they're a lock for the finals. I really, it it's just yeah. It's the- at, at this point. You know, when LeBron came to Miami in 2010, he said not one, not two, not three, not four. He wasn't talking about winning the finals. He was talking about going to the finals. So this year, it's going to be his eighth straight finals appearance. How insane is that? And not to... Okay, so this hurts because Dwayne Wade, obviously, everybody knows. I'm a Heat fan. Everybody knows how big I was on Dwayne Wade. Um, Obviously, not anymore because there's still competition to be (laughs) dealt with. So until he's either in a Heat uniform or retires, it's... Whatever. Which he said he will be before he yeah, retires. But it the Cavs, you got you gotta respect the Cavs. I mean, they've been to the finals, what, four years straight? And no sign of well, slowing this, down. If they make this it, will be four. Yeah, yeah this will be But done. they okay. We've seen the Eastern Conference get worse. Everybody, the only everybody team, went west. Boston got a little better. 
Miami, I still say Miami is they they found their groove too late. So this team that they found this year is the test. It's it's the test. Yeah. And Washington is a solid team, but Washington doesn't have the fire to beat Cleveland. Boston will not beat Cleveland. Nobody on Boston's roster can stop LeBron James or near slow him down. So you're not going to put Gordon Hayward on LeBron. You you probably are, but putting Gordon Hayward on LeBron doesn't help. Now, interestingly, I want to see... I want to see when LeBron plays Golden State. I mean, this is if this happens, this is right. my my take on the season for a quick, you know, I'm not going to go crazy crazy, but I think it's going to be uh Cavs Warriors in the finals, you know. I I guess biasly whatever you want to say, I think the Heat will go to the conference finals and we'll lose to the Cavs. I mean, that's I'd be disappointed if we don't because I feel like we're gifted enough too. But it can be a Boston a Boston Cleveland conference finals. Um now, That's probably what it'll end up being. Right. Now, when they play the Warriors in the finals, presumably, I think that Dwayne Wade is going to be lighting it up. If you let Dwayne Wade get to another finals, I don't think that they're – I think they're going to preserve him with J.R. Smith. Right. They don't need him to play 65 games or full games, you know, or get – 28 minutes for 65 games. They can play him a good 50 games, you know, constant, 45 constant minutes, and then just let it ride out. You know what I mean? They still have J.R. Smith and keep him playoff fresh because Dwayne Wade's 34 years old. He's not who he was. He's, but he is who he is. He's still Dwayne Wade. He's not who he was, but he is who he is. So, once you put Dwayne Wade in the playoffs, once you put Dwayne Wade with LeBron James again, once you put Dwayne Wade on a contending championship team, the best team in the Eastern Conference, what negative can come from that? Um, Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie, it's the same thing there to me. Now they got Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, I think he's going to have a decent season. He played very well last year. And so did Wade. People forget Yeah, Wade was the only player last year in the NBA to play less than 30 minutes a game and still average over 20 points a game. People forget that. And I think what we should look out for this year, assuming Cleveland makes the finals, assuming Mm -hmm. Cleveland wins this year, I think it would be interesting to see if maybe Wade can win like an Andre Iguodala type of finals MVP, maybe. Ooh. I think think that'd be cool. Because it's like not six man so much. Because in the come finals, come playoffs. I think playoffs, he will be starting until Isaiah yeah, come, Thomas comes come back playoff. in January. Well, I think he's going to start over J.R. Smith from day one. You saw J.R.'s comment. Yeah. You saw it uh, on Twitter. He said, you know, he's not going to get into a, what was it? Uh Oh shit! A, pole, a, a, a pipe, a pipe, a pipe, a pipe measuring contest. Pipe measuring contest with Dwayne Wade. So I think I think <laughs> it's a given. Dwayne Wade doesn't sign with them to go sit on the bench, and no. you know Dwayne Wade's a, a I actually want to proven All Star. They didn't win the finals with J.R. Smith starting last year, so obviously something's got to change. Right. Something, you know, like they got a roster upgrade, but something has to change within that roster because game plan wise, the Warriors are going to crush them if they keep at the same you know what i mean now real quick not to cut you off we did get into justin's question justin asked us how the nba playoff picture is going to look in the east and west oh well no we didn't get into that we just gave you the finals so we can get into that as well um but more on wade and cleveland 
I know you wanted to get into something else. Yeah, just because this is my this is my childhood idol, the man that made me fall in love with the game of basketball. I credit that to Dwayne Wade. That's real. And basically, um, I guess obviously he was uh, questioned by the Associated Press as to why Cleveland over Miami, and he was quoted mm. saying, "Honestly, I didn't feel they needed me there." I feel that those guys are in a good place. They deserve to come back this year and see what that 30-11 and 11 was about. They don't need me there over their shoulder or anything like that. That's kind of how I approached it. Mm. And the way I interpreted um, basically that, that whole back and forth was he's, he's looking for his fourth ring, obviously, um, and Cleveland was the place to go. He came out and said that he does want to finish his career in Miami, whether that's a one-day contract right. or um, – an actual contract, uh, you know, we'll find that out in the near future, maybe the next year or two. Um, it looked like he he didn't necessarily want to come to Miami to be the overpaid vet taking minutes away from the younger guys entering their prime. Right. And uh, not to mention, of course, Miami's very deep at guard. Uh, all Heat fans know this. Any NBA fans, you'll fucking see it this year. Um, I think he knows he's nearing the end of his career and wants his last shot at being a starter in the league Definitely. while contending for a and, title. And, you know, Miami is running gun. Miami yeah. is, you know, run that. He might, he might not have go. the legs for that Dwayne anymore. Wade, Dwayne Wade is, is you know, he's, in, he's a Carmelo Anthony, need the ball in his hand type of player. Yeah. And that's what he was with LeBron, obviously to an extent. But uh, great ball handler. Dwayne Wade handles the ball in the pressure. Always you has. put LeBron James on your team, and it's just going to make it easier for you. So for a great player like Wade, we saw it for four years, having LeBron on his team, just he looked like a point guard. Yeah, He looked like Mike Bibby. Dwayne Wade was throwing lobs. He threw full court passes. He, he, you know, they, you know and they know each other so much. Again. Yeah, they know each other so much that it, it just makes it easier for them. So to get into the next question by Justin uh, asking how the NBA playoff picture is going to look uh, for the East and the Western Conference. So I'm going to go ahead and share who I think will make it from the East, and Danny's okay. going to share who he believes will make the playoffs in the West. So to start off, I'm going to go Cleveland, Boston, Miami, Washington, Charlotte, Toronto, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia sneaks in the playoffs this year just because of how weak the Eastern Conference has yeah. gotten over the past years, and especially this season. Um, they're, they're hungry, one. They know that they're not favorites. They know that their backs are on the wall, I guess, to them. You know, their backs aren't really on the wall because there's nothing to lose there. But if Joel Embiid could stay healthy, Mark Fultz has a good year. Ben Simmons is what we expect him to be or what they expect him to be. I think that in the Eastern Conference, they can crack an eight seat. That'd now, be so fun. I think my dark horse... You know, you wanted to do dark horses of who we think is going to, you know, has a chance to slip in with that eight seed. Um, looking at the teams in the East, looking at how a team like Atlanta got much worse, um, looking at a team like... That's karma for last year. Right? The, the Knicks, obviously, are a joke. Um, but you look at a team like the Pacers, you know, they lost Paul George. And you can look at a team like Orlando. Don't think they're there yet. So I'm going to go with a team that basically made a lot of moves this summer. Right. Um, grabbed a bunch of players from here, from there, from there, from there. Got their own starting five, basically. And are looking to follow the youth lead of D'Angelo Russell. Right. 
in his third year. Got Alan Crabb, Demar Carroll. These are those are two playoff players mm-hmm. right there. Um, Timothy Mozgov, he went to the finals. Right. So Brooklyn, I think the Brooklyn Nets can be the ninth seed or possibly crack an eighth seed as a dark horse. Either way, they're on the right track. Sean Marks has really turned that that franchise around. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and handle the West <clears throat> now. I think I feel like the West is easier than the East. You think so? When you, when you're when you're thinking about the top four seeds, really, right. you have Golden State at, at one. Right. I think that that's a given. But for me, the the two seed, the three seed, and the four seed, I believe this year, I think it could go it could go either way between Houston, OKC, and San Antonio. I think any of those three teams will be the second seed, the third seed, and the fourth seed in any order, really. Mm-hmm. So I have I'd have those four at the top. And then at five, I'd probably put the Timberwolves okay. with how they completely revamped that organization. Um, we we all saw everything in in uh, the media with all the moves that Minnesota's made, um, adding a lot of talent, right. like a substantial amount of talent, enough where. I feel like they'll probably win 50 games this year and and mm. essentially go in as the five seed. And then, like I said, with the, with the second seed, third seed, and fourth seed, with the six, seven, and eighth seeds rounding out the Western, uh, the Western Conference, I'd have Utah, Denver, and the Clippers. I think the Clippers are probably still a playoff team. Um, Denver, obviously, they added Paul Millsap, a very, very good veteran to have in that locker room with all the young guys it probably means that kenneth farid's out after this year maybe sometime before the trade deadline um but that's fine because we know what caliber of a player paul Millsap is and then i think utah's still a playoff team i'd still think they're a 45 win team okay that's uh even though they lost gordon hayward i i would um obviously i'm a jazz fan they're one of the best defensive teams in the league yeah rudy gobert he's gonna be he's probably entering uh what I'd say is his prime. I know he'll he'll definitely be a top fifteen player this year in the eyes of everyone who watches basketball. Whiteside better than Gobert. Watch the numbers. Watch the game film. He already is the best defensive center in the league. Yeah. Um, and look out for Rodney Hood, who came out and said that he's aiming for the Most Improved Player award this year because okay. um, he's stepping up as the shooting guard. They added Ricky Rubio, um, Jonas Derebko. Dabo Savalosha, some really good defending wing guys. And then my dark horse is the New Orleans Pelicans. I think um, adding Rondo with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins. And Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Yeah, Andrew. I think fucking he's going to average 35 assists a game. (laughs) And I think they could potentially be a playoff team, maybe sneak in at the end. All right. So I know that was – that question, and um, I believe we had <laughs> we had two more. I know Dubin's uh, Mr. Innocent on Instagram asked he wanted well he wanted us to talk about you know Wade and the Cavs and how far they will go. Um, we you know, hope, we, hope we answered that, that for we were, you. We were answering that. Um, I don't think the Cavs will beat the Warriors in the finals, but I think they take. I, I don't. Think, I hope. I don't think I they hope. beat the Heat either. 
Yeah, right. I hope because you know Dwayne Wade, it, it's it's gonna get there. But I think the Warriors are too strong. Yeah. Um, Not to mention they added Swaggy P. They added Omri Caspi, um, the the kid from Oregon that they bought yeah, from Jordan Chicago. Bell. Yeah, Jordan Bell. They got they got so much better. I don't know how a team like that improves so much in an off season. It's crazy. Um. And moving on to another question from Instagram user Lee underscore 1804. Um, thank you for asking questions. We appreciate it. We love talking about it. Um, he asked, do you feel like Mello joining OKC? So this is really the first time we're going to talk about Mello. Do you feel like Mello joining OKC will make a difference with the team? Is he wearing his hoodie or is he not? He was during a media day. So I think that he had a good media day. <laughs> Um, they should let him wear the hoodie under, uh, like how James Jones did. Do I think adding Melo? <laughs> that's funny. Do I think adding Melo to the team will make a difference? Yes, obvi- obviously, um, because one, Carmelo Anthony is a born scorer, so you add born natural talent to a team that's that already in the playoffs with the reigning MVP, who, quote unquote, is selfish to some, but. Average a triple double. Um, and you Paul have George. Paul George on the team. Patrick Patterson. It, Still got Steve. There's going to be a lot of space on the floor. So I think he makes a difference offensively. I think, no, he makes a difference offensively and defensively. Carmelo Anthony can hold it down defensively. He's not the greatest. He's not the worst. Has he been labeled as the worst at times? Has he shown flashes of the worst at times? Yes. But obviously, playing for a contender, he's going to be playing, you know, way harder this year, I believe. And. I think that him starting at the four is going to give him trouble um, with players like Draymond KP, Jamon Green, yeah. uh, who's this guy, AD. You know what I mean? There's some fours that Blake Griffin even yeah. because post moves, post defense isn't, you know, guarding wing defender, uh, wing perimeter players and things like that. So it's going to – I think it's going to affect the way teams play defense against the Thunder because now – you see, last year they were so worried about Russ, but now they add Paul George and Carmelo, two superior elite scorers in this league. Um, obviously, Melo's not the the two way player that Paul George is, right. but he he garners so much attention because of the the caliber of scorer that he is. And I think he he went into OKC already knowing that they're pretty much a lock for the playoffs to be a top four seed, and I think it's going to push him to really play his heart out because he he feels like obviously and I'm I'm sure he feels this way that they have a chance to make a title run because they've built a team um whether it be a rent a one-year rental or not he he feels like he's got to put forth that effort which maybe he he lost a step in New York because he felt like right. they just weren't going anywhere now, I, I know that they're a threat at, you know they can very much take this team to the Western Conference Finals against Golden State um Getting past Houston is going to be tough. Getting past San Antonio will be tough if they have to face them in the playoffs. But I want to I want to see Steph Curry versus Russell Westbrook. I want to see Klay Thompson versus Paul George, and I want to see Draymond Green versus Melo in the playoffs. Now put Roberson on KD. Yeah, he give him problems. Yeah, yeah. he give him problems. So, I want to see that and because you're not going to be able to double-team Russell Westbrook. 
somebody's going to be open. Whether yep. it's Steven Adams down low if you're using your big man, whether it's Melo if you're using Draymond, whether it's Bro. obviously Roberson's the, the guy you leave open. But at that point, you take him out, you, you fill in an offense. I don't know, Sabonis. I don't know. Somebody better offensively if you're trying to go for your offense, if you see that they're doubling, something like that. But they can't double every t- everybody. So no. somebody's going to be open at the time. They're going to be a matchup nightmare. They yeah. have so many scores. But I think Golden State is too deep. Golden State is too too, um, too uh, disciplined. Golden State is too championship-minded. They have too many winners, too many all-stars and dominant players on their team to lose. They're to just... A, it, it, they're just stacked. They're just stacked. If that answers that. So, yeah, I do believe he makes a big difference with them. Thank you for asking. I like the move. And we had two more questions by Justin. I wanted to get into those real quick. First question was, do you think a super team is the only way to be competitive or win a championship? I do think that right now. Um, right now, Golden State has shown us, uh, dating, excuse me, dating back since... When Miami was doing it, I mean, I didn't want to call Miami a super team, but they were because of how great the players they had were. Right. You know what? They were a super team, and but so were the '07 Celtics, the '08 Celtics. Right. Right. And not to say every team, you know, the, he said only, but it, to be competitive, not only to win a championship. Yes. Yes. Obviously, the Spurs upset the Heat on the Heat's last run at it with right. that big three. They got their um, revenge. You know, Bosch didn't have a great finals. Wade was on a decline. LeBron held the team up in pieces. When he left the floor, it was shambles, just like with this year with Cleveland, when he would get off the floor, you know, the, they go down 10 mm-hmm. right away. Um, so, yeah, I do believe you need a super team. You need at least two great players on the team that know how to handle the ball, handle situations, pressure time. Um there's these young teams now with these rookies, and, and they're looking like they're, they're promising, but they're not going to be competitive to a Golden State, to a Houston, to an OKC, to a Boston, to a Cleveland. So that, that's my opinion. I don't know if you wanted to touch on that one. I think um, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously right now in, in this present day, um, Friday, September 29th, 2017, Yes, I believe you – unfortunately, you do need a super team to not necessarily be competitive. I mean, there are a lot of teams that are competitive, but to win a championship, yes. Um, because there are super teams out there who are winning the championships, and you, the only way you can compete with them is to try to build your own to match up with them. Exactly. And, you know, we saw this NBA offseason was incredible, and we saw so many teams try to – like just go and sign who they can and grab it was like the garage I'm like, sale. I'm like speechless like go I, grab I just, the best items at the garage sale and and you know hope you didn't get there too late that's what this off season was i and just i want to fast forward to october 17th because i just want this this nba season to start already i'm trying to i'm trying to see how all these teams are gonna are unfold, gonna play on unfold. the court because we saw the moves they there's made so many and there's so much drama going into the season of rookies and 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 is this guy gonna play good in this city you know, oh, he traded him where, you know, there's yeah. so much of that. So good question. And his other question, which was a good question, was do you think that super teams help or hurt the NBA? You want me to start with this one? Go ahead. All right. So I think 
it's it's so complex because when you you can say all you want that you think super teams hurt the NBA, but when you see uh, on the calendar or you see the commercial that um, Christmas Day or opening night, uh, mm-hmm. Cleveland's playing Golden State, you know you're you're tuning into that exactly. game to watch that game. I don't necessarily think they hurt the NBA because. It, 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 it makes such an interesting story seeing all the teams underneath these super teams right. try to make the appropriate moves to get on that level and try and fight up towards getting on that level uh, to the top seed. And it's not like a team like Golden State was even um, like just signing free agents or, right. or, tra- only- or trading for players. They drafted Clay Thompson. They drafted... Steph Curry, they drafted Draymond Green. Of course, KD came over in free agency. And even with the Miami uh, big three, you, we had to trade so many pieces. I don't even remember the last yeah, right. the last time the Heat had a second-round pick. We took Jay, uh, Josh Richardson, sorry. Like, it... Touch on it. Touch on <laughs> it. Help me out. No, I, good question again. Um, now, when you say help or hurt the NBA, I think it doesn't hurt the NBA one bit. One, because the NBA is making a ton of money off of this, if you're looking at it from that perspective. The NBA is, you know, getting a bunch of ratings, um, ESPN, ABC. The NBA is exciting. Now, where it where it can affect the NBA's ratings is when you have Golden State playing Sacramento. When you have Golden State playing, um, you know, Bo- uh, excuse me, not Boston, Brooklyn. When you have them playing, you know, just teams that aren't as competitive because there are a lot of teams that are competitive. And this year, I feel like there's going to be even more teams that are competitive than last year. But there were some, there were a lot of competitive teams last year, and the playoffs were good. Obviously, Golden State and Cleveland are obviously on another level. There's it's like tier one, and everybody's like two, three at two, three and four. Now, but there's only a couple teams on tier one. Now, for the competitive teams on tier team tier two, excuse me, there's competitive games throughout the NBA. You know what I mean? The fans are, are into it. The merch is being sold. The big names are being brought on ESPN every night. So I think it's great for the NBA. I think it, it obviously for the other NBA teams, it's not as fun because the chances of them winning aren't as high when all these teams have these all-stars on their teams to make them championship contenders. But I think it does help the NBA. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. Actually, I, I have something to add on to mm-hmm. what you said. Um, for example, Golden State is playing Phoenix, who probably is going to be a lottery team again. They, I mean, they're probably a for sure lock to be a lottery team again. But when the Warriors are coming into town, those Phoenix fans are trying to buy tickets to the game because yep, yep. they, they want to see their team try potentially beat, have a chance to beat, beat that super team. Exactly. And if, if your team, if, you know, if you're complaining, oh, the finals are the same two teams every year, blah, 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 bruh, go out there, tell your front office yeah, to, to make, to make some team. fucking moves because – um, it has nothing to do with small markets anymore. And it has nothing to do with your front office. Make, I mean, they can make who, the moves. Who the fuck wants to go to Cleveland? If, if it was really about 
large market teams, small market teams, yep. everybody would be going to Paul Los George, Angeles. Paul George and, and Carmelo Anthony went to Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. I don't. There's probably 500 people that live in Oklahoma City. <laughs> You've got players desperately wanting to play in Cleveland, Oklahoma City, Minnesota. It's not just about Miami, New York, Los Angeles anymore. It's really opening up all these cities to be potential landing spots for huge name yeah. and huge time players yep so that's it with those questions um we do appreciate them keep them coming in and shout out to you justin you're like our you're our weekly dude with these questions man we appreciate it real now, every week he's so consistent there's this for there's this 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 scandal going on i don't know uh, if you heard about shit. it i turned on the tv yesterday and Breaking news, all this. So it's going to be funny, though. It is going to be funny to see the consequences. It's going to be fun as well to be able to talk about this next week. And we're going to touch on it now because obviously it's come up. It's in everybody's face. But I feel like the surface hasn't even been touched. We don't know half the story right now. I feel like there's just a bunch of bunch of facts being thrown at us and a bunch of, you know, a bunch of dust being thrown at us too with it's everything like a, going on it's like a volcano just yeah, waiting and to it's, the lava's you know popping right now yeah but it's not it hasn't erupted and once it erupts and we're probably gonna have about two or three episodes about this ongoing we could have four because this is the fbi they can take as long as they want with this and what we're talking about is the potential beginning of the end of the ncaa that is possible because we see Rick Rick Pitino. He's out speaking, already. Real quick, speaking of Rick Pitino, I, I interestingly wanted to pull up a timeline of Rick Pitino, the, <laughs> the great this motherfucker man. <laughs> he was on. He, yeah, his timeline is long. He was on um, College Game Day. Wasn't he the dude getting uh, getting prostitutes for his uh, recruits and shit? Yeah. So okay, it dates back even before this, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So oh, man. now we have. April 2009, Rick Pitino announces that he's a target of an extortion, uh, extortion attempt by this woman. Now, in 2010, July, he testified against her uh, during the trial, and he basically said that she tried to blackmail him, and their encounter only lasted less than a minute, all this, and she denied the, uh, and he denied her accusations that he raped her. Now... He admitted to giving her $3,000 after she told him she was pregnant and planned to have an abortion, but lacked health insurance. All right, moving on. February of 2011, a judge uh, did sentence the woman to seven years in prison after she was convicted of extortion. Damn. Yes. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Patino wanted to move on from this. Obviously, he was a great coach. He's a great coach and didn't want this just in the media. Now, he was inducted... Uh, to the 2013 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in April of 2013. And then in June of 2015, he signed a 10-year contract extension worth $51 million. Damn. Moving on to October of 2015, things get a little shaky, a little dark. And a woman goes by the name of Katina Powell. She is an escort, and she published a book. It was called Quote, breaking cardinal rules, cardinal, Louis, mm. Louisville Cardinals, okay. breaking cardinal rules, basketball, and the escort queen. 
that's a that sounds like one of our podcast episodes. That's lit. Mm. She um, detailed in that book. That's um, just fire. That there. <laughs> <laughs> she detailed in that book that um, sex for pay uh, for twenty two parties that were paid for by Billy uh, Minardi Hall. Excuse me. They were arranged at Billy Minardi Hall, which is the um, the housing for the players, and you know it was paid for by the school. So basically, Rick Pitino was in the middle of that as well. Um, in 2016, February, Louisville announced that they would not participate in the tournament or any postseason. That was their, you know. Right, I remember that. They wanted to minimize all of their penalties for the sex for pay scandal. Mm-hmm. Later that year, in October, Rick Pitino, you know, was confident that, you know, all the self-imposed sanctions were fine and they wouldn't receive any more punishments. Uh, they then, the NCAA accuses them of uh, four level one violations, but the school wasn't charged with violations. But Patino is charged with failure to monitor McGee, which was the one that set all this up. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on, obviously, to just this week, right? This week, you know, look at look what's going on. They supposedly Louisville is responsible for being uh, one of the schools in this scandal where the, they're, they're paying players and their families to basically come to their school with bribery and their money laundering. And so that we just, I, and I was just talking about Rick Pitino. I haven't even really got into the, all the other 10, 12 schools that's been mentioned so far. We saw there were a few Nike schools, um, Arizona, I guess the FBI had been following uh, University of Arizona for a little while. Uh, wiretapping phone calls. They overheard Arizona offering a recruit $150,000 if he were to choose to commit to Oklahoma, uh, to Arizona. Sorry, wow. Oklahoma State. Um, one of their guys uh, was found maybe doing that stuff as well. They they found someone from Auburn, although it's an Under Armour school. Uh, they said Under Armour is not under investigation currently. Um, this shit's just crazy. It. That like if more and more is gonna keep coming out as the days go on. Yep, you're gonna wake up every morning from now for the next month. Probably. We're gonna hear Just two or two or do. three new schools every day that they've been doing this shit. And you know what? Fuck it. Let the kids keep the money. They should be getting paid anyway. These are billion dollar. Um, these teams. I I saw it on on Twitter. They they were val- they were placing value on college football teams. Some of them were over a billion, one point five billion, two billion. It's a business, man. Pay the kids like this. This really this is gonna change the NCAA, no doubt about it. And I think it's all a conspiracy that's being set up by uh, Lavar Ball. He's gonna get everybody <laughs> to sign to a big baller brand, and they're gonna take over the world. <laughs> they're gonna become as big as Nike. Note, now people people say you know pay the kids, pay the college kids. If they were to pay the kids, hypothetically, what are they paying these kids? What 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 is what is the contract details? Like, how much do you pay a 20, 19 year old, twenty year old, twenty one year old kid who's trying to uh, focus his life on playing professional football for a long time, and you're throwing. What millions of dollars? Are you throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars? Right. Are you throwing thousands a game? Are you? What is? Maybe it. See, this is so tough because that's, I, that's I, the I, thing. I don't want to sound like one of those people who 
are so against it, but at the, like at, at it's it's tough because and I'm not so much I, I want them kids. I want these kids to be able to afford housing and books and food even like I've seen these kids they can't even accept like a free cheeseburger from McDonald's without getting fucking violent my thing is why instead of paying these kids cash it should be like food stamps like give them a card where they can process their bills let them process uh, transportation a car, you know, make them maybe give give them a car, a basic car. Right. Their housing, pay for their housing. The school should pay for their housing, um, their electricity, their cable. They're focused on playing for the school on national TV, pressured games, going to school, doing their assignments. Um, student athlete life, it's not easy. So money and having a full-time job a lot of times is not in the picture. And all these kids come from eating ramen noodles and, you know, now... So, like I said, I think if the schools can figure out a way to arrange where they can pay for their living, the cost of living, the, you know, their I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they have, like, room and board and books included in their scholarships. Well, yeah, but... But there's some things that but aren't come on, included in that. But come on, you got a 6'4", 350-pound lineman living in a dorm, playing, playing college football, getting hit by the, the nation's biggest, best kids. And and he's sleeping on an uncomfortable mattress. I know. So g- give him a little luxury. Don't don't let him. You know they should they should have. You know the high school kids got to leave class early. You know that's a luxury. Yeah. Now obviously they're on scholarship, so they earned their way to free school. You're giving them free education. Right. Like I'm not one of those people. That. I'm not one I of those that. people who use it against them. Right. I guess you're giving them free education. What are you complaining about? The fact that you throw a ball for a living is why but you're in school right their now. I hate on the that line. mentality. Yeah, no. I hate that mentality. They're putting their future on the line for their family, for their their passion for the game, and for school pride. Because, really, yeah, when you're in and college, school and pride, the potential of taking that next step into the NFL yeah. or the or the NBA. Even sure. it's it's a touchy subject, but I mean, I think these kids have to get paid in one way or another. I don't think they can. It's just it sucks because the these teams that these teams and these schools that they represent are raking in hundreds of million dollars because of that player of these players, and they don't get to see any of it. They can't even sign auto, They can't even sign autographs at all for for money at all. So it's crazy. That being said, um, justice for the college kids. I hope that the NCAA in this basketball situation learns from. What they're what they're going through, and with football, they can see you know. I don't know if they've mentioned anything in football. No, no, but I'm just saying in general. You know, there's always been the argument of you know the kids should be paid. That's why they don't even have the video game anymore. From but they should they should definitely come to some understanding for the kids. Um, I saw this dude from Georgia Tech. He said, um, "Y'all don't have to worry about us because our school is sponsored by Russell Athletics." I was like, damn, That's yeah. Funny. That's <laughs> that funny. shit was funny. So, real quick, before we go, I did want to get into our predictions for the NFL week. Uh, moving along. Okay. Now, we got some good games this week, actually. I was looking through, and I was helping my dad with his picks for his work. Right. He's Unfortunately, we got to start this shit with the Dolphins in London. Yeah. So, um, we can get through them one by one real quick and um, lead off. Saints-Dolphins, 9.30 a.m., London Town. Who you got? Why? Mm, I think 
if Drew Brees plays like Drew Brees and the, and their defense can make some stops, which they will because the uh, Jay Cutler is obviously very turnover prone. Um, I don't based on watching how the Dolphins played last week against the Jets. I'm saying this is an easy dub for the Saints. Okay. Now Panthers Patriots. That'd be a good game. The Super Bowl rematch. Who's at home? Panthers Patriots. I think it's probably in Foxborough. I know they just played in um in Foxborough not too long ago, but it is yeah. So Patriots Patriots are at home. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with the Patriots. I think Cam Newton is still not 100 percent off that arm surgery that he had yeah um they haven't gotten their flow of their offense and i don't think they do it on the road in foxborough so i'm gonna go panthers okay uh jaguars jets tell of the sh- <laughs> livestocks uh well i don't necessarily know if last week was a fluke against the ravens but um the jaguars defense looks very good right now against a Jets offense that really doesn't have much in the way of firepower, really. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick the Jaguars. I think that's – if they can just not turn the ball over, okay. then they've probably got a good shot. Texans-Titans, 1 o'clock. Um, I go Titans. I think that they're the better team. They played Seattle a heck of a game in, in, at they home look, versus they Seattle. They look good against Seattle. Um, I think that they're going to – I mean, I don't think they disrupt Deshaun Watson so much. He looks pretty poised back there and comfortable. But at the end of the day, the Titans are a better team than Houston. Um, that run game is waiting to be stopped. That so, offense is serious. Yeah, they don't make mistakes. Yeah. I give the Titans the edge. I got to agree with you there. Uh, Steelers-Ravens. We have an, uh, some AFC North matchups this week. Um, I'm probably going to go Steelers just – Especially after watching the Ravens last week with mm-hmm. uh, Joe Flacco looking like a bum out there. The highest paid uh, quarterback right now, really, until, I guess, Stafford's contract yeah. goes in. Um, and you go, like, two for 18 with, like, negative two yards, whatever the fuck he threw with, like, eight picks. That's not going to cut it against uh, Big Ben and the Steelers. All right. And they they just – their offense has too much. Even though they lost to the Bears, I yep. think I think they, they're bouncing back. Okay, next we got Bengals-Browns. Um, this is a AFC, AFC North trash can battle. <laughs> Who's the worst team in Ohio? Um, and the Browns are the worst team in Ohio. They're actually the worst team in the NFL. They have been for the last five years probably. So I go with the Bengals. I think Andy Dalton gets it together. He gets to, you know, I, Miles Garrett might play, but we haven't seen him play all year. He was We're practicing to today him. for the first time. Well, he'll probably play, but... I think Andy Dalton finally finds his groove against his division rival that, you know, is struggling, obviously, still since forever ago, as I said. And uh, A.J. Green, breakout game. And they find their running game. I think they're going to find that run-pass game that, they're, that they've been used to. So I think the Bengals went big in Cleveland. Joe Mixon, looked, he was showing flashes of greatness against the Packers this week. Um, speaking of the Packers, how about two of our – dear rivals the Lions and the Vikings um I think both of these teams are looking very good right now Sam Bradford or not um this one's tough because I think both of these teams are in contention for the NFC North along with Green Bay Mm -hmm. I think it's really a a three-way race like we mentioned earlier um 
Shit, I don't even know. I might have to give the edge to the Vikings because their run game is better, their defense is better, and not to mention uh, the dual threat they have with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, who I have both of them in fantasy. So let's uh, let's go purple people leaders. Okay, um, Rams-Cowboys. I think uh, the Rams are playing pretty good football right now. Jared Goff is calm, cool. They've hung boys. 40 on teams twice Two already. Two times. Um, the Cowboys haven't exactly looked... Like the Cowboys of late, but last week against Arizona, Dak Prescott had a hell of a game. Um, I saw, yeah. Getting out of pressure, making throws on the run, putting them in you know tight spaces. Zeke Elliott getting in you know back in the end zone. I think it's too much for the Rams, and I believe they're at home. So I'm gonna go Cowboys beating the Rams. In an old school uh, run the ball butt whooping, I can see it. It'll be Zeke versus Todd Gurley. That'll be a that'll be a fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bills Falcons. I think this has potential to be a good game because it's two great quarterbacks. I I love Tyrod Taylor. Um, also, Matty Ice. Uh, he knocked us out last year in the playoffs. He knocked us out week two. I have nothing but respect for him. Um, but it's also two very good defenses. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, I've probably got to give the edge to the Falcons. Um, actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go with Buffalo, especially after the way they played against Denver. So I'm going to go Bills. Okay. And I go for the first 4 o'clock game, it's going to be Eagles-Chargers in San Diego. Excuse me, second time I do that. In Los Angeles. <laughs> in the Every week. <laughs> StubHub Center. Um that fits 2,000 people. Backyard <laughs> stadium. So Looks like my high school Eagles, field. <laughs> Eagles um, didn't sh- – they struggled in the second half, mainly the fourth quarter against the Giants last week. I feel like that's when the Giants started clicking. Eli completed like 11 straight passes, had three touchdown passes. Of You know, they, they're 0-3. And yeah. They still haven't won. But they played a good game versus Philly. They came back. Uh, they put pressure on the quarterback. The Chargers lost a tough game last week versus the Chiefs division rival. Um and I want to give it I want to give the edge to the Chargers. I want to I want I think Philip Rivers is going to have a good game but I don't know what he's telling like me. He looks like he looks so lost out there. Yeah, bro. and with this front this this front pass rush the Eagles have, I think it's going to be pretty challenging. Um no Mike Williams still. I think the Eagles win this game. I agree. Uh Niners Cardinals, the next uh 4 o'clock game lined up. Um, I haven't been watching much of the Cardinals. I know, obviously, David Johnson went down. I'm not sure who's running the ball for them right now. I know they, they signed CJ2K. Uh, what's his name? Um, they got... What's this guy's name? Oh, sorry if you're listening. Andre Ellington, obviously, is still there, but this guy, I forgot his freaking name. They uh, No disrespect if you're listening. Yeah, uh, no. Backup Cardinals running back. Okay. Um, we'll get back to that. I don't know, dude. I might have to. Oh, Kerwin Williams. Kerwin Williams. I might have to go 49ers just because. I mean, I saw the way they bounced back almost against the Rams mm-hmm. um, last Thursday night. Cardinals look sloppy. Uh, for some re- yeah, the Cardinals don't Offensive look very good right now. Um, Carson Palmer, I think he, he should have retired two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Brian Hoyer actually looks surprisingly good. Uh, Pierre Garcon, Carlos Hyde actually looks like a decent running back this year. Um, I know their defense is holding up. They've got some good young pieces there. I'm going to have to go Niners. Okay. 
Uh, Sleeper pick. All right. Giants-Bucks. This is going to be a good game. I was actually talking to my dad about this game. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, brought up the fact that the Giants are obviously 0-3. Not to be 0 They haven't lost a game yet. They play in Tampa Bay. It's going to be hot. It's going to be uh, muggy. The Buccaneers have a good pass rush. The Giants don't have a good offensive line. The Buccaneers have a bad run game. The Giants have a bad run game. Eric Flowers out there taking naps during the game. (laughs) So what I told my dad is that I think it comes down to they both have good receiving core and a good quarterback throwing the ball. Um, The Bucs have a better better offensive line. Not a great one, but a better one. Not as good of a – they have a better running game. Not a great one. Not – not much better than the Giants, but it's a better running game, you know, obviously until Doug Martin comes back. Both teams are going to be in the air. I think it's going to come down to the defense, and I think the Giants have a better defense than the Bucks. The Giants know what they're up against going down 0-4, right. um, being in that NFC East. And we're going to see the two top wide receivers from that 2014 draft class <clears throat> Yep, in Mike Evans, Evans and Odell. And Odell. So I'm going to go Giants. Um, close game, but I think the Giants' defense with turnovers from Jameis – I respect it. Win again. Uh, Raiders Broncos. We've got an AFC West matchup here. Um, I don't know what happened to the Raiders last week. Um, both teams are coming off a loss. I think the Broncos probably have the potential to bounce back better than the Raiders do, just because. I mean, I haven't really been watching the Raiders, but based on, I'm I'm heavily involved in fantasy, right. and obviously I look at Derek Carr, I look at Beast Mode, I look at Amari Cooper, I look at Crabtree. Um, their their production hasn't been up there like it was last year, right. and you look at the Broncos, and they they seem to be playing really well. You know, C.J. Anderson's looking like how he was playing two three years ago. Um, they've got Jamal Charles out there looking like it's five years ago. I think the big thing is if the Raiders can get a good rush on Trevor Simeon and put pressure on him, make him make decisions quick. Um, they have to contain C.J. Anderson. Is he hurt? No, right? I don't think so, no. Um, they have to contain him and Jamal Charles and put pressure, constant pressure on Simeon because if he has time to sit back there, he makes good decisions. They've got they got uh, Benny Fowler. They've got Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. They he, Simeon's got weapons. And the, the Raiders, you know, they might they might catch him slipping. So I'm probably going to go Denver here. I mean, okay. I'm I was very high on the Raiders last year, but so far this year, I don't. They haven't looked like that same team. And for the last Sunday game, Sunday night, uh, it's going to be my Colts versus the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Um, that's kind of an odd, I think that's kind of an odd matchup for a prime yeah, time game. I think it's going to well. It wouldn't be if Andrew Luck was playing as right. much. You know I just I, mean? I don't really see like a back story, story between the Seattle. two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, now my well, same thing draft is class my thing is yeah playing, my thing is it's going to be in Seattle. Seattle hasn't been playing like you know Seattle yeah. of late. Yeah, we know. So that. Yeah. I know it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think we're going to get blown out like we did versus um, the Rams. Yeah, I think we're going to put. Jacoby Brissett might surprise some people. A good defensive game out there. Jacoby Brissett's a good decision maker, so I don't think he's going to, you know, mess up as far as interceptions. And he might throw one. He might, you know, I don't know. But the Seahawks have one of the best defense in the league, so you can't get super mad. He's going into their home, the loudest crowd. Um, So I think the odds are up against us. I'm going to go Seahawks winning the game ultimately, but I think we do play a good game. I obviously think we're going to win the game, in my opinion, but... 
if I had to put money on it, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet on my Colts versus playoff right. team. And I, I'm I've been speaking high on the Seahawks. I said that I think they're going to come out of the NFC. It doesn't look like that right now. I know that they do get it together. You know, once that season goes on, yeah. and I'm still going to stick with my gut saying that the Seahawks will come out of the NFC. Um, we'll see. So I think the Seahawks win that game. I like Jacoby Brissett though. I think he's been he's been playing pretty well. He's been playing pretty well. He, you can tell he, he's a good decision maker because he played behind Brady. I think that that's been big for right, him. Um, right. But I'm, I'm cheering for the kid. I like him. Um, and then Monday night, we've got the Redskins and the Chiefs. Now, the way the Chiefs have been playing, they have so many weapons on offense it like they it doesn't matter they could run the ball they could pass the ball alex smith is looking like aaron Rodgers out there kareem hunt he's no fluke he ran for less than 20 yards uh for less than 20 attempts in each of his games with a high of 17 attempts in those games um he ran for 148 yards his first game and 172 yards his third game and over 80 yards his second game and he did it all under 20 attempts. He scored a touchdown in each of those games with two touchdowns in his first game. I mean, in his second game. He's the truth. So He's looking like the truth. I think, I mean, I think the Chiefs take it. I, I wouldn't really bet against them so far this year. I, I've got to go with Kansas all right. City. All right. So that wraps up the NFL, you know, predictions that we do weekly. Um, and that wraps up. Episode seven. I feel like we we covered a lot. You know, we have a there was a lot that went on this week. Yeah, and you know it was fun. You trying to do a hot take? <laughs> yeah. So before we go, obviously, hot yeah. takes. Get your hot takes here. <laughs> My hot take is gonna be uh, with three games left in the MLB season for the Marlins. They play the Braves in the last three games at home. Giancarlo Stanton hits four more home runs. Whether it's what? Um, two and two and no, or one one two. He's gonna hit four more home runs this season, and he's gonna get to sixty four. Excuse me, sixty three. Would that be the record? No, seventy two is the record. Ah. Barry Bonds, Juice Boys. Hey. <laughs> you know them steroids gonna always be the winners. <laughs> you can't until they come and tell us that John Carlos Stanton. Well, never mind. But, um, yeah, that's my hot take this week. And what's yours? Uh, so I believe the Miami Heat will sweep the Cavs this year in the regular season. Mm. I, think, um, I, think, Still? I think Wade signing to Cleveland is going to be some, uh, some extra fuel in the fire um, to light up these guys. I, know you, I can't wait to see Deion Waiters versus Deion. Uh, you know, you saw what UD said? He's going he's gonna to come off the bench every time they play Cleveland. He's yeah. going to foul LeBron three times. He's going to foul D-Wade three times <laughs> and get the fuck out of there. So, yeah, I think we're going 3-0 against Cleveland this year. That's fun. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, it's been a fun seven, seven weeks recording yeah. these episodes. We appreciate you guys for listening. As always, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Julian Gores. Follow him on Instagram at DM Reich. Uh, Hit us on Twitter. You feel me? It is what it is. Follow us on SoundCloud. Like like the podcast. Uh, repost them. Podcast. Comment on it. Leave us five stars on iTunes. This shit's on iTunes, too. Um, we're trying to get enough ratings where we can actually see what our rating is because we don't have enough yet. So it just says we're not rated, but I know we are. 
So do us a favor, hit five stars. Don't hit four, please. Don't hit zero. If you don't fuck with us, ignore it. Don't just pretend I didn't say anything. And um, if you disagree with these NFL players taking a knee, uh, fuck you. <laughs> Straight like Sim- that. Simple as that. Straight like that. Fuck you. I pull up, pick up that bag and burn rubber. I got a sweet tooth, but I stay away from suckers. No boo and Malibu was my last supper. We eat good. I fucked on in rush hour traffic, Chris Tucker. <laughs> Everybody screaming, gang, gang, gang. The folks come and get you, you gon' tell on the whole gang. She said, can she fuck me with my diamond shine? If I ain't in the bank, then I'm on the plane. About to go get some money or go spend some money. They stopped me in the airport, had too many binges on me. They don't want you to live. They don't want you to ball. Don't push a smile in your face. Yeah, then they pray for you to fall. Hey, young nigga, stay focused. But I really want to crash. Think about where you at. Then think about your past. Yeah, I really came from shit. But I won't change for shit. My bitch say I'm stuck in my ways. My wrist say I've been getting paid. A hundred shots, a hundred shots, me and my niggas pull up in a hundred drops, my role model used to get a hundred blocks, street niggas in a tuxedo, we the mob, she looked at my watch too long, now she see stars, I got so hot last night, I did a show on Mars, yo bitch ate my dick, I caught her on them bars, my pinky ring, extra large, Phones all in the garage. Wow. Remember my first Menard? Yeah, yeah Toy and Britney. Yeah. I'm shopping for diamonds at Tiffany's. Tiffany's. Nah, no, I don't got no sympathy. Nah. She blew my whistle like a referee. What? Broke black nigga, remember me? Hey. Until I found out that recipe. Yeah. Started getting about 10 a week. Yeah. Finger on the trigger when I sleep. Yeah, yeah nigga, I'd rather you than me. Yeah. Backseat smoking good weed. A hundred shots. A hundred shots. How the fuck you miss a whole hundred shots? Not welcome in my trap if you don't shop. Get out, bro. Before you come through that back door, you better knock. Get the door. They've been waiting on this gangster shit to drop. Even them fuck niggas that wish I could be stopped. Hey, hey. How many dicks you suck to get that couple million? <laughs> Self-made millionaire, oh what a feeling! My niggas came from dealing. Hey. Fuck nigga, get out your feelings. Hey. Your bitch got me sexual with healing. Whoa. Guess yeah. who just walked in the building? No. Came out with six bitches. What? My uncle said that's pimping. My diamonds always hitting. Uh. You looking for your bitch? She with me, nigga. She ain't missing. No. I told you, fuck nigga, stay out my way, but you didn't listen. Stupid ass yeah. niggas. Big rocks hey. Hey. in my watch. In my watch. And we put extensions in all of the glocks. <laughs> A hundred shots. 